Dark clouds and 12 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 9 o'clock. I'm Courtney Davidson. One man is in custody and a Calgary firefighter has been taken to hospital following an incident involving a stolen vehicle yesterday. Around 12.30 Saturday afternoon, police were called out to a report of a single vehicle collision in the 100 block of Bermuda Drive Northwest. While helping at the scene, a Calgary firefighter was dragged by the vehicle as the driver fled with the SUV. The firefighter was taken to hospital with minor injuries. Hawks was deployed to support in locating the vehicle. Once found, officers safely took the suspect into custody and investigators confirmed the vehicle was stolen. Only tears of joy for an Edmonton family now that their daughter has been found after being missing for over a week. That story coming up, but first, 770 CHQR helicopter traffic. In the Northeast, 40th Ave has two-way traffic in place between 1st Street and Edmonton Trail until Thursday. And in the Southwest on 4th Street at 17th Avenue, a watch for alternating lane closures in the area. With Calgary Stampede Lotteries, everybody wins. Get your tickets before midnight July 6th for a chance to win the $50,000 cash back bonus prize at calgarystampede.com slash lotteries. For the 770 CHQR traffic helicopter, I'm Vanessa Arate. Police say the family of a 13-year-old Edmonton girl who was missing for more than a week have made arrangements to bring her home. The girl was found alive in the U.S. yesterday. Edmonton police say a 41-year-old Oregon man will be charged with child luring and is expected to face additional charges in Canada and the U.S. They say an Amber Alert was not issued after the girl's disappearance because investigators lacked a description of a suspect or a suspect vehicle. Details are expected later this week about how the Alberta government might help people deal with high inflation. Earlier this week, when Finance Minister Jason Nixon announced a $3.9 billion surplus to end the fiscal year, he said a goal was to examine further ways to help Albertans get through the current stretch of rising prices. During Your Province, Your Premier on 770-CHQR yesterday, Jason Kenney said his UCP government will reveal details about additional supports this week. Some of the people fleeing the war in Ukraine worry about finding a host family in another country because of their sexual orientation. Global's Carolyn Curry DiCastillo has more on one Ukrainian couple and their dog who found the perfect fit when they landed in the city. When the war started in Ukraine, Yevgenia Vasilkova and Kristina Hulyanich made a difficult decision to leave their families. We wanted to find a um, LGBTQ-friendly country. The couple was careful about looking for a host family. They contacted an LGBTQ organization that approached a settlement centre. The settlement centre got a hold of Hillhurst United Church in Calgary, well known for its values of inclusivity. Longtime church members Lynn and Angelo Dalson picked up their new Ukrainian guests at the Calgary airport on the May long weekend. It's the experience of our lifetime to meet these girls and we're so grateful for that experience. In Ukraine, gay couples can't marry or adopt children. Russia formally banned same-sex marriage two years ago. Carolyn Curry, Castillo, Global News.
In the forecast, light rain today, 15. Periods of rain overnight down to 11. Then a chance of showers with a risk of a thunderstorm for Monday and 15. It's 12 degrees at 9.04. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update is at 9.30. I'm Courtney Davidson. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. Emerald Coombs. And here we are, July the third already today um good canada day it's good to see lots of people out celebrating the country you live in and uh hopefully this keeps getting better and better and uh go from there so good good on canada we had a we had our sort of our annual canada day team spruce party um which was a lot of fun so thanks to everybody that came down and uh down at Spruce It Up, our, our team was down there, and we had a great band and good food. So lots of fun by the by the team, uh, by the Spruce team, I think, had by all. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we can continue to do that. Like, things like that are always lots of fun. Going to bring Jen on the line. Good morning, Jen. Hey, good morning, Merle. That was a lot of fun. Thank you for, for hosting that for us. <laughs> yeah, I'm still laughing no, it about was, it, actually. I know that. The funny thing is, we have a and we have such a good team, and we're very fortunate. Um, mm-hmm. But we had a talent show, so the different departments um, were competing against each other. So me and Jen and Brad were were the judges, sort of like uh, America's Got Talent or Canada's Got Talent. This was Spruce Has Talent, and uh, so it was a ton of fun. And uh, we had dancers. <laughs> we had uh, it was all kinds of fun stuff. All so kinds of things came the, up. Yeah, it was, the it dancing was... avocado that was a good yeah. one. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, and the, and the pets, right? All the the animals, yeah. the fish. We had it, we had it all down there. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Yeah. The pets. Yeah, it was very good. Yeah. Well done, you guys. Well done. It was it was absolutely uh, very and, fun uh, night. So yeah, absolutely yeah. great band. Uh, really good mine, band. Uh, Ron and Georgie. So thanks for them for coming out and entertaining us for the night. We had a uh, bunch of young bucks up there dancing and gals. So that was lots yeah. of fun. So yeah. yeah Anyways. Yeah, till next year, off we go, right? Yeah. (laughs) It was a good way to kind of wind down the the really peak season, too. And, uh, but, you know, we're not even wound down all the way, just all that. No, it's just sort of, yeah, you go through your first little peak, and now we we continue on steady through summer. Yeah. And uh, so, still time to plant annuals and and different things. And and we still have a good selection, but right now you're getting a little better deal. Some of the, there's some deals out there. So, if you're you're missing some some plants and some spots where you still need a little bit of color, still have lots of time. We've got color. We've got color. We've got veggies, especially tomatoes. I know people are either looking to replace something that didn't do well. For whatever reason, I mean, not that the weather's been necessarily on their side, but our little holes and, you know, pots or their garden beds. So we definitely have color still and some veggies as well. Brutal. Yeah, and I had a couple of texts already regarding uh, damaged trees. So, hmm. and this one was, which is, and it's it's not good. It says, good morning. The storm the other day caused two of our mature evergreens 20 feet to top break off, leaving half the tree. Will they survive? Or should we take them down? It's really hard to assess, and so I suggested that they call Mark from Prune It Up. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark's a certified arborist. So he, when he goes out and checks your tree, the last thing he wants to do is cut it down. 
So yeah. Mark Mark is about trying to save the tree. So if there's a way he can assess it and uh, and prune it up properly to um, save it, he, he definitely will. But also if it needs to come down, he'll let you know that too. Because mm-hmm. sometimes when a spruce tree breaks in half, when it starts growing its new leader, and depending on how far down – that becomes a real weak point. So if that leader grows 10, 20 feet on top of that halfway point, oh, yeah. it doesn't have the support. So when it gets big, so that's what makes it tough um, makes to, to, to let another tree when it breaks in half to start a new leader at the halfway point. Mm-hmm. That becomes quite a, it's, it's a bit dangerous. It's sort of, yeah. Cause you, you're yeah. Really dealing with half the sport. So you got to think those things are like big parachutes when that wind gets going and you see that spruce tree rocking, you know, that it has roots sticking out like 20 feet on each side of it to ensure that, um, it, uh, oh yeah, she just sent me a picture of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Deb, unfortunately those are going to have to come down and I'd probably get Mark to go through the rest of your trees as well. And just have a look at them. They probably just need a good clean out, some thinning. I see quite a bit of wobbly stuff going on. So I think I'd probably just get a good assessment of all your spruce trees because when they get that big, we've done some insurance claims for people too. And like it's this what like if someone hits your tree with a car, so the car insurance asks us to assess it. Hmm. Like a 20 foot tree is in the $20,000 range. So it's well worth the investment. Wow. When yeah. When you get huh. those like 20, 30 foot like spruce or those big elm trees you see in old Mount Royal or different places throughout town, yeah. um, they're, they're twenty to $30,000. So really? and you'll see like in an older neighborhood, if someone's tearing down a house, the yeah. city will come out and assess it and they'll stick a, 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 a sheet on the, typically on the tree that, it, it says this cannot be moved. If this gets harmed, the fee will be 25000 or $30,000. So mm. it is because it takes 30 years to grow, right? For sure. So Yeah, that makes sense. You can't replace stuff like that. So we, no. we got to be careful with our old canopy. And if, you, if you're fortunate enough to have a tree of that size, um, we, we definitely got to look after it. And, and, and we've had a ton of that this year. I know Mark's had a lot of big sites that he's gone out on. Um, a lot of condo sites are really seeing that they've grown. They're they're in that 30-year-old range right now, and they have a mm-hmm. lot of big old trees. And if they haven't been looked after properly, there's still a lot of, like, lots of Mark can get in there and fix them up and, and create that stability. Because if you have a strong, structured tree that's pruned properly, good airflow, and the right branches removed, it can stand up in those storms. Mm-hmm. It can because the, the airflow can go through. You can have strong structure. It's going to be balanced properly. So I would um, definitely, um, like I said, and especially if you're planting new trees too, when you first start out, like when they grow, like just do that early pruning so they they get that structure as they as they grow. So mm-hmm. very sense. important. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, advice, yeah, they're know? fortunate. My my neighbor was looking at. It. He was outside, and I had one of those uh, coyote willows, and it was uh, actually sorry, blue fox willow, and he uh, it was I had a whole bunch of winter kill because it was quite old. So I cut it right down to the bottom. He's kind of looking at me like, uh, 
crazy. <laughs> was out, this was a year and a half ago. So we come out yesterday, we were chatting over the fence, doing that neighbor thing. And he goes, holy crap. <laughs> that thing. Really? And I said, yeah. No, I, I told you. I said, hey, rejuvenate it. Same thing. If you have these old shrubs and they don't look great, a lot of times just a good rejuvenation, take it right down to the ground. It'll come up from the bottom and you're going to get great new growth and the tree won't be using or that shrub won't be using all that good energy mm-hmm. to produce old wood or right. trying to produce on old wood. It's going to produce nice new growth and and become really nice and healthy. So it's it's a good time to do that. And with your perennials and your annuals, like the deadheading and cutting back if they get leggy, a mm-hmm. lot of that stuff is the same thing, right? Oh, 100%. It's, uh, it really does. I mean, it looks scary at first, but I know we've done it over the years here too, depending on you know whatever random sort of leggy product that we get in. And yep. I think Verbena one year we did it. with We did it with uh, Petunias one year. And they all came back and, and people got them because they were looking so good. So, yeah, yep. it does work. And, and you don't have to be that careful. Like you can get a good little... Mm-hmm. Like those head, those mini hedge trimmers, or something. If you're cutting back your petunias, if they're looking a little bit leggy, just just give them a good whack and then get just in come there. Back yeah. And, yeah, don't be shy. And they, yeah, they and they come back, and uh, and a lot of times, if your deer and not that you want to promote deer coming in and chewing your petunias down, but a lot of times, if they do it the first time, early spring. And then they come back, and they're usually twice as bushy. So you're going kind of like, hey, that actually looks not bad. So it's uh, sometimes you get lucky that way. So feeding the deer, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. and even your uh, herbs as well. You can prune those guys down, the basil's, and I know my boards is up high. I've got to cut that back, but yeah. Yeah, you had okay. one of the ladies in the greenhouse the other day. With, she was cleaning up the the herb section. It just yeah. smelled so good. I walked back there. It just felt like a big. Uh, room of essence. It was this. It was a so room beautiful. Of just, essence. That's good. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, yeah that was Donna that. cleaning up. That's. Uh, I think she just does that job because of that. <laughs> I, it, well, I it is. I know. When I walked back there, I just got a whiff of all that. I was just like, wow. Mm, does yeah. that ever feel good? Like this smelled so nice and just. Mm, yeah. yeah. So anyway, so that tells you that you should have some of that stuff in your life. Um, you should. Yes, I yeah. totally agree. And, I yeah. And the more you use your herbs and stuff, the better they grow. Like I know we we do a couple pubs and we do uh, like the Hudson's um, pubs and the one in Shaughnessy. Mm-hmm. Over the the over the last seven years, I think we've always put mojito mint in their planters because mm-hmm. they they take it for their mojitos and stuff like that. But the more you cut that, that almost the better and the faster it produces. For so, sure, yeah, that's yeah. what it's for, right? It's uh, yeah, get in there and enjoy it. I like to put sprigs okay. of um, those live goods too in just little vases and just have the green in my house as well. Okay, and I got another question about the chelated iron. And oh. it says, Merle, you're out two weeks. So we have the liquid iron. And yeah, I apologize, the chelated iron is out. We've had a hard time getting it. And so we do have the liquid iron, which is really the same thing. It's in a liquid form. Mm-hmm. So it's actually easier to mix with water. And you can do it, and it'll green up your plants the exact same way. So we do have the chelated iron, and, uh, and Jen it won't assured say, me that they were going to get a sign up yeah, there. Yeah, right? Jaden, she did take care of that. And it just I know on the bottle it doesn't say chelated iron, so that's part of the confusing thing too. Um, yeah. 
right? Yeah, when you read it, it just product. says iron. It says liquid iron or something like that. or Something. It's really subtle. So if you have a hard time, just um, you can just ask for a staff member. The cash is right there, and we should be wandering around too, but happy to help out that way. So I had a look at that last week too. It's just it's not super clear, um, but Jaden made a sign for that. So we can help okay. you out. Yeah. Awesome. You know, yeah. this time of year is when you want to do your deadheading. Um, I tend to do it. Every other time I water sort of thing, I just spend a little extra time in deadhead as I water. Um, and then that way I water a little bit slower too. So you're not – Philip, I like to fill my annual pots up once or twice because um, a lot of times by the time they're starting to fill out, they're getting fuller. So water them once, let them soak through, and I deadhead as I'm there, and then I turn the water back on, give them another shot, let it soak in again. And uh, so you accomplish two things at one time. But that keeps your annuals looking beautiful. Like that, they, when you're deadheading, they're gonna realize, hey, I haven't produced the seeds I need. I need to keep pushing out more flowers. So we gotta trick them into into doing that as well. I like that plan and fertilizer as well. Hey, Merle. Yeah, once yeah. a week, either That's twenty right. twenty twenty or fifteen thirty fifteen um, is great. Or if you're on the Rage Plus thing, you can definitely use that as well. Um, but don't mix the two. Like, um, it's better if you're sticking with Rage, stick with that. Or if you're doing the 20-20-20 or the 15-30-15, stick with those. Yeah, um, keep it simple, hey? Just pick one yeah. and go. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you still, the sale again, we just started our July sale. You got some stuff on sale? Absolutely, we do. As We have the buy more, save more for the annuals. Um, I believe that we also have the... Wind spinners. So for plants, we have still the tea roses. We talked about this, Merle, so forgive me if I'm wrong, but I believe the tea roses yeah. are buy one, get one half off. Um, I don't think in terms of product, live goods, is there anything else that I'm forgetting? Not out in the tree lot right now. Um, yeah, all the annuals are the buy more, save more, up to 50%. Up to 50%. And such a good um, – the tea roses are unbelievable this year. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we do get the week's roses, which are probably the – not that I want to use a brand name if you're not saying that this is the best watch, but like a Rolex of the rose industry. It's sort of the higher end. The Weeks Rose is a is a beautiful rose. They're quite and, fabulous. They smell yeah, and the tea roses too. look, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like on Instagram, I said, I don't know why it popped in my head. You never promised me a rose garden. I said that to Lisa. And <laughs> she put that on She put that on the Instagram. I thought that, that was, was awesome. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. The roses show really nice. And I know the team has it all set up and displayed. So it's easy to see. But then you can just appreciate and take a stroll you down can, the rose garden. Absolutely. And with those annuals, you can plant them in the ground. And there is ways of wintering. Um, you can do a little bit of research. Some people plant them at a 45-degree angle. Getting the the where they've been grafted underground is oh. important or you just use them as an annual um a lot of time put them into your big flower pots use them as the thriller in the middle because right. man they love that they love the heat of the root in there and they do really well in big pots so if you're looking for just a really good thriller on your patio put a nice tea rose in there it looks gorgeous and oh my they'll gosh. bloom be for you all summer long and uh yeah they love it so yeah, great pollinator too, right? People are always looking to attract, so that would be uh, that would be amazing. I am seeing as well. lots of bees. So, oh yeah, mm-hmm. and one other thing I was going to mention, I, I'll do maybe I'll do it after because we got to go here. Okay. Uh, I'll mention it after the show. I made a couple notes of some to do list. So oh, good. All right. Well, thanks, Jen, for the update of down at Spruce It Up, and uh, the team will be down there 
And uh, so if you want to go down and check it out today, there's lots of stuff going on. Awesome. And uh, say hi to Jen and the, and the team, and uh, we'll go from there. Thanks, Thanks Jen. Okay, Thank bye. you. Bye-bye. All right. And if you'd like to join me, phone lines will be wide open right now, 403-974-8255. And uh, we'll take all your calls, and that is the text. Already getting quite a few texts, so I'll answer those as we go. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Garden Center, coverage year-round, full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. Phone lines are open now. You can call 403-813. I almost gave my cell number out there. That wouldn't have been good. Um, 403-974-8255 if you'd like to give us a shout um, be more than happy to to take your calls we've got a few more texts going on um, and what do we got here I got one on some uh, clematis I'm just going to reply it's too long of a thing so I'm just going to send you uh, a link to, to answer that one for you. Good morning, Merle. Any idea what kind of pest is attacking my leaves? Ha. Huh. Yeah, right now, actually, it looks like you're getting some leaf roller and mealybugs on your elm tree. And this time of year, we're going to see a lot of that. So, again, this time of year, what you want to do is ensure that you're, you do your feeding if you haven't fed your trees. Get them through this insect thing. And you can hose them off. Actually, this good rains have actually been kind of good for knocking some of these bugs out of out of the out of the trees for sure. Um, but some of this stuff, like you need to get the odd leaf roller and things. I wouldn't worry too much about it. Like just more important, keep your trees healthy, um, fertilize, give them that slow deep watering, and uh, unless you see a bigger problem starting. Um, you can use the like the pure spray green. Um, that there's a new ambush. Um, some of those ones, but a lot of it's just fairly like they get affected from the heavy rain. You'll get brown spots sometimes from the heavy rain on your leaves. A lot of it's just this natural um, things going on. Some of these heat blisters they get, um, and sometimes you're almost doing more harm trying to to cure it. And a lot of them don't have a cure anymore that we can deal with out of the store. So just want to deal with more of the health of the plant. Um, that's where the Rage Plus is really good. Our deep root injections um, through our Green It Up tree department where we do the, we go around, we'll inject the fertilizer right down into the roots. And the pressure of the injector also loosens up the soil down in there. So it's sort of, you're getting two goodies for for one thing, and which makes a big difference for your trees and shrubs, as well. So, ooh, yeah, Deb's uh, sent me a couple more pictures of these spruce trees. Yeah, unfortunately, this snapped them right in half. I think, yeah, the ones that are snapped in half, I think we're just probably gonna have to take those right down, seeing how bad they are. Um, so, like I said, you got quite a few trees there. I would definitely uh, have Mark come out, have a look at those, and he can give you a full assessment for the whole site. And I know on larger projects like that, they'll give you a really good day rate, which makes it a little bit more cost-effective than uh, 
than just p- pricing out per tree. And uh, that's what we, we tend to find most people will do on those larger projects. They'll just do the day rate. Then you get the whole crew out there for the day and they can get a lot done and uh, and keep her going. And uh, lots of texts. No callers yet, though. Everyone's still a little recovering from their Canada day. <laughs> They're not ready to come on the, come on the radio yet. Um, here we go. I'm listening to you. Oh, yeah. What time is it? It's 928. We got to go for a break. <laughs> Thanks, Tony. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. It's cloudy and 12 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 930. I'm Courtney Davidson. One man is in custody after a Calgary firefighter was dragged by a stolen vehicle Saturday afternoon. It happened in the Beddington area while crews responded to a vehicle incident. Luckily, the firefighter suffered only minor injuries. A 13-year-old Edmonton girl missing since June 24th has been found in Oregon as a 41-year-old man from that state is facing a charge of child luring. Alberta already cut its share of the gas tax earlier this spring to help residents deal with soaring inflation and a $150 electricity rebate is on the way too. But Premier Jason Kenney is promising even more help with an announcement coming as soon as this week. In the forecast, light rain today up to 15, periods of rain overnight down to 11, then a chance of showers with a risk of a thunderstorm for Monday and 15. It's 12 degrees, breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news is at 10. I'm Courtney Davidson. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. Going to go right to the phone lines. I'm just going to do one quick test. Is rage good for cedars and junipers? What is the frequency? And can it be applied with a sprayer? Um, you can, but it is a little bit thicker, and it sometimes it has a little bit of remnant, but it's usually fine. But roots, um, the Rage Plus is best applied to the root system, and water your cedars really well first, and then apply the Rage Plus after that in the diluted. Each bottle of Rage Plus makes about 300 liters of of fertilizer so and then it says what's the difference between rage plus and pure spray green pure spray green is more of an insecticide and a fungicide um and rage plus is a fertilizer so two different things um the but those that's a great arsenal if you have either 2020 20 and and pure spray green or rage plus and pure spray green you're almost looked after like those two things um is really all you really need in your garden for a lot of things because um, the pure spray green is a fungicide. It doesn't say it on the bottle here, but the same product in the state says fungicide. It just hasn't been registered as a fungicide in Canada, um, but it is a fungicide and works really well. It's been used in the commercial um, wine industry and uh, the rose cut roses industry for, for many, many years. So, it, it's a great product for that, so give that a try. All right, we're going to go to the phone lines. We're going to go to Ray. Good morning, Ray. Hey, good morning. How are you today? I'm doing great. How can I help you? Good, thanks. Yeah, I've got, I planted five um, small raspberry bushes uh, last summer, 
Um, okay. They produced a little fruit, but it's understandable that it's only going to be a little bit on the first time round. Um, so my yeah. question is, uh, they're they're about a beautiful two feet high right now, but I nothing is growing on those canes. I'm a rookie at raspberry bushes, but you know those long trunks, yeah. whatever you have branches. What do you, what do you do with those? Do you just cut them back? Do you and cut those out? Yeah, just cut those down. The ones with nothing on them, those are sort of yeah. the gray. Yeah, once they turn gray, um, as you as they get into your cycle, you'll notice um, some of the older wood, and the more you take it out. Um, on a regular basis, the easier it is sort of thing. If you leave it every year, it becomes quite a task as it gets older. And right, plus it okay. uses up a lot of the energy for the of the plant it's trying to push through that. So if you can just go down, cut it down as low as you can go on those gray stalks and remove that. Um, they do like to be fed like that 15, 30, 15 high middle number. Okay. And because uh, they, they have a real fibrous root system and that really gets them blooming so that a little bit more in the phosphate helps with the raspberries. Right. So just cut them back every year and, uh, and let, yep. let it just grow. Yep. Just the Wonderful. ones that with the old stock, yeah, with the gray stock. You'll sort of see one that's sort of a brown that looks new. Like yep. It's sort of the second-year-old wood is the one that you cut out typically. Okay, wonderful. Thanks very much. You're very welcome. Thanks, Ray. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to go to Ken. Good morning, Ken. Morning, Merle. Happy Canada Day. Happy Canada Day to you as well. How can I help you? I'm looking for some tips. Uh, Mother-in-law's got a couple of Katoni Aster in the backyard. I'm just wondering when and how aggressively I can attack these things because they're pretty unruly. Yeah, if they're looking, are they looking like real lots of dead patches through it or kind of? Yeah, there's some dead spots and there's some long gangly bits. (laughs) So I would, myself, I would take it right down to the ground. Like I would just call that rejuvenation. Go down, get yourself, make sure that either hired out or if you are doing it yourself, really good sharp chainsaw, cut it right down sort of as low as you can go, sort of that three or four inches. And uh, and this, you just want to make sure it's not left shredded. So if you have to go around after and just cut some of the shredded ones with a good pair of loppers, so nice clean cuts, do a really good cleanup. And, uh, and I like to put bark mulch down at that time it kind of holds the moisture in, and then I, I start a watering and a fertilizer program. And before and what, you know it, that he, that hedge sure, is going like crazy. Sure enough. What would you recommend for um, the fertilizer on that? Uh, just a straight 20-20-20 is perfect. Okay. Outstanding. Yeah, or you if know. you want to, yeah, you can. Uh, yeah, there's not really a great granular for that. I would just use the yeah the 20-20-20 will be perfect. Okay. Fantastic. Thanks, bro. All right. You're very welcome. Thanks, Bye-bye. Ken. Bye-bye. Yeah, this time of year is when you want to do, typically you do it a little bit earlier, but if you are seeing a bunch of dead, it's it'll still be fine if you did it right now. You're still going to get a flush of growth this year, and uh, and then next year it'll take off like crazy. I did get a text from uh, or an email from Tim, um, and we're seeing a lot of this, and it's, it's kind of weird. Like when I was a kid, we never, ever seen this. The leaf miner, we and we see it all over our beets, Swiss chard, um, spinach. So unfortunately, what you need to do when you're growing this, and and her, unfortunately theirs is uh, Tim and Rhonda's. It, it it's loaded with the leaf miner. Pull off majority of those bread. And what you need to do is when they're in the hopper stage, you grow it underneath a grow cloth, and it's sort of like a 
it's a frost blanket type grow cloth and we have them at the store and you and you sort of and it covers the whole row of and they also used on carrots to keep the the one bug out of the carrots as well and and for your swiss chard beets and uh i'd like to find a, a way of preventing that um but yeah you should do it right when you plant your beets swiss chard things like that get covered with that row cover because when the fly comes in it comes in as a fly that lands and then it uh it gets in there and it's a, like a little leaf miner it just eats the leaves from the inside out so what I would do is try to remove as much of that as possible, the really bad ones. Um, yours is pretty loaded. Um, fertilize 15, 30, 15, and just cover those up and try and get that under control. It's a nasty little bug that, uh, like I said, it was never around when we were kids. We'd always had tons of Swiss chard, tons of all that with no, um, nobody ever seen that so it just it must have been introduced somehow into our area which is which is uh which is no good so anyways we'll move on from there um i'm just about to take a break so i'm just going to read one more text and then i'm going to take a break hey merle love your show sometimes i wish you could get a bylaw person from city of calgary the re the reason tree height and in an old neighborhood, some very close to pine power lines and some are taller lines. Yeah, no, it's, and I could find, get some clarification. It's just hard. And, and there might be some of them that work. A lot of times they don't work on weekends and it's really hard to get a city person. And I'm not, this is not a slag on a city person, but to get, for them to get permission to come on, on their own time and speak um, on behalf. But I'll see what I can do. I'll see if I can get somebody, if somebody knows somebody that works, in the bylaws and uh, that can maybe come on and help us with some uh, just maybe some common deck rules fence rules trees maybe go through a quick little uh a gardening bylaw we don't want too much of that in gardening we kind of like to run by our own rules a little bit but anyways just kidding and uh, we'd like to uh yeah maybe get a little bit of clarification and uh and where they plant trees. Not a lot of power lines in the new neighborhoods, but definitely in some of the older areas where they had to worry about that. Right now, I'm going to take a quick break. And if you want to join us after the break, phone lines are open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Hi there, and welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. Going to go right to the phone line. We're going to go to Rita. Good morning, Rita. Good morning, Earl. Um, Hi, how can I help you? Uh, well, I have two questions. One of them is about feeding the birds. I'm wondering if this avian thing is still around, and, you know, they told us not, not to feed them until some of them were, were flying south again. Um for the winter but do you know if it's okay to start feeding them uh, i haven't heard i i remember hearing that advisory over the winter um when the when the birds were migrating through um i haven't heard anything since so i would assume we're good to go on feeding the the songbirds and and things like that they were worried when the when a lot of the ducks and the and the geese were sort of going through mm -hmm. but i think most of them have done their their migration for the most part and they, they're in an area now so i think we should be good okay so 
Thank you. The second yeah, question I'm not, I have uh, is, I'm not uh, a be-all, end-all on that, but <laughs> that yeah. would be my guess. Okay. Uh, the second question, you know, um, the, the Liberals have been in a long time in Ottawa, and they have promised to plant millions of trees. <laughs> and I keep trying to find uh, out if, if Alberta yeah, is included in this, and, you know, where would they be planting them? Uh, that's a good question. Yeah, no, I've I've inquired and I've seen some of that. From what I understand, they haven't planted really anything yet. So, oh. and gosh, they promised. That's years a whole ago. nother. Yeah. yeah, that's a whole nother thing. Because if they really looked at the amount of trees that Canada has, where they actually were more more than carbon neutral. So, it's our trees are looked after, and actually we could definitely use more. But our natural, just how far we are spread apart, we're actually. We're in, we're in good shape, but I agree. If you're making these promises, um, I would, I'd love to see more trees in some of the areas. But it's not just the trees. And Calgary made a big mistake years ago when they when they did that YYC tree um, planting. They didn't allocate any money to the maintenance. Oh, like yeah. I live down in Cranston River Zone. You drive through, and I used to live in Sundance, so I know it's in the same. All the new areas that are, and even a lot of the older areas, in the same boat. They plant these trees on these little meridians, and the meridians is the wrong trees shouldn't be in the middle of the road, anyways. It's it's dumb, yeah. Unless yeah. they're larger spaces where they can grow, because eighty percent of the trees when you drive down the Cranston Boulevard are dead. So it, unless they're watered properly, but they got it with grass, they should have bark mulch. Go drive to Okotoks; they do a way better job. Of, of their tree program the trees are alive and thriving there ours are dead and diseased like it's nasty like so i'd rather not waste the money um and yes the liberals are wasting lots of other stuff but that's another show they deal with that during the week sure. um yeah. but i yeah i did it has to be more of a plan and i'd love to get in touch and i'm going to be getting in touch with more of our council people again um and I started before the election last year, but we've we've changed a couple of people. But I'm going to get back in touch and try and help out. Like I said, I, I'll donate my time and, and effort to to try to give some advice and steer the ship a bit. But what what I see going on right now is a total waste of money, and uh, it, it's it's crazy. So well, we I, need to hear from you, obviously. God, no, I, it's but it's it's you're dealing in and and again, I I got to be really careful. Um, you get into bureaucracies, right? And then one side has the money and they don't want to give up theirs. They don't want to share. They got to spend their purse and the other people don't have a, a purse that's full of maintenance money, but the tree planting guy has the money. So they plant their trees to use their money, but then there's no one to to look after them. So it's, 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 there's not a plan there. So hopefully we're going to get a better plan. So. Okay. Thank and, you very much. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Bye-bye. Alrighty. Goodbye. Um, yeah, enough of that stuff. Eh? But it is it is important to see, and uh, and the more we talk, and even the city planners, um, some of the things we're doing. Like, I don't know why we need a four foot um, thing down the meridian down the center of the road with trees. Like, and like I said, ninety percent of them are dead, and then they grow into the into the road to block the sight lines. It's I don't know. It's just it creates. Uh, I don't know. It's a bad idea in my my own opinion but let's go to peter good morning peter peter no 
All right, let's go to... Um, Hello. Hi, Peter. Yeah, sorry. Uh, hey. Good morning. Uh, I have uh, three uh, large trees that are about 15 years old and have grown very well until this year. And this year, uh, the uh, the new... Uh, um, the new growth is uh, shriveling up and uh, turning uh, red uh, on all three trees, and I uh, wondered if uh, you had any suggestions as to what that might be. It probably got a leaf roller inside there. What type of tree is it? Uh, Siberian larch, I believe. Okay. The larch. So, okay, that's kind of weird that they're um, shriveling up. Because they don't really have leaves, right? They have more of the needle, the, the larch. Yeah, the needles, yeah. Okay, and they're just shriveled. So check, go up to check on the tips. You might have um, spruce budworm in there as well. They might be like a little worm that's eating the edges of your of the ends of the larch. And if there is, there's a product called BTK, and that's what should be used on a lot of stuff right now. Um, we're getting lots of caterpillars and different things. Um, oh. BTK is the product you want to use for that. We certainly do have uh, a spruce budworm in the area, so that might be it. Um, could you say that uh, product again, Merle? Yeah, BTK. PTK. B. B as in Bob, T as in Tom, K as in Ken. Okay. Very good. Thanks Alrighty. very much. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to <laughs> Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Emerald Coombs going to go to the phone line, going to go to David. Good morning, David. Good morning. How hey, is how's the weather down you? there? It's actually good. It's oh, actually, yeah. well, kind of cloudy today, kind of a little bit, 12 degrees right now. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm out those... here Redwood Meadows by Bright Creek. How's it there? Are you getting some rain or? Uh, we got the, just a dribble overnight. We usually get a tenth, two tenths each night. Yeah, no, oh, that's, no uh, we had a little bit last night, too. I yep. had the window open. It's nice listening to the rain, so oh, hey, it's all good. <laughs> I got noisy birds. <laughs> <laughs> nice. How can I help you? Oh, I've got a little bit of a garden patch. Carrots and potatoes about the only thing we can grow. It gets so cold at night out here. Yeah. But, uh, my, uh, I put radish in to help thin out my carrots, and... Oh, they're thumbnail size. They taste good, but I'm losing about half of them to the damn little worms. Yeah. Um, so a lot of that is can be controlled with that same row cover I talked about earlier. Because um, they come in and and as a fly. Oh, so yeah. what you just need to do is, they, if you grow, put a row cover over top when uh -huh. you first start them. You can do it that way. I just don't like adding any of the chemical into the soil. Like I don't either. The big problem is with them thinning the carrots like that. The leaves are so big now. My carrots are only maybe a couple inches. Yeah. So they're, they're shading the carrots to the point where they don't grow. Yeah. So, and you could also, with things that would grow really good in the cool, any of the foliage stuff should do really well, like um, Swiss chard, oh, it, spinach. It bolts. Yeah, you get one crop and then it bolts on you. Yeah. So, but that... You should be able to, even if you get past a little bit later summer, you could do a fall crop. So. Oh, yeah. What about using uh, the mint? I've got cat mint that grows like crazy out here. Yeah, you could try that. It might help. It's just hard when you get those. The thing is, it, in, 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 this, in the wintertime, 
turn your soil over and leave it big and lumpy. I do that over the yeah, winter. I don't rototill at all. Okay, good. Yeah, good. Um, that makes that helps. Yeah, but it's it's just hard when because especially out there you got lots of foliage going on. It's a kind of a perfect environment for those little critters. So where do can you see the darn things flying around? No, well, not really. No, right? no like, and then all of a sudden they're down in there. Yeah, their life cycle. Like I, I'll go a year or two without any radishes, and then I put them in, and sure enough, they're the little buggers are again. Yeah, no, I was I was thinking I was looking at my birch tree. Um, I got some birch leaf miner on it. And I think okay, I treated it two years ago. It was good. I forgot to treat it this year, and and then I came back. I think what, where do they where do they come from? Right? Like yeah. It's, don't know. Hmm. Okay. All right. Sorry about that. Well, maybe just give up on it. The radishes are pretty good in the produce stores now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They just cut out the odd worm thing and uh, yeah, and some of those spots extra um, flavor. But it's only at a certain time. So if you planted radishes again right now, there's probably a good chance you won't get them oh. because those flies that only have the certain life cycle. Oh, so yeah. if you try it after, yeah, um, you should be better. Yeah, like I don't get the. Uh, the little worms in the potatoes at all, and yeah, everything else seems seems to be fine. It's just a yeah, they just like the radishes, yeah. nice and soft. Oh. All right, okay, thank you, thanks, David. Right, bye. Oh, yeah, bye, bye. All right, and I'm going to read a couple texts because I only have a couple more minutes here, one more minute, and uh, I'll get through this. And actually, a couple of things I'm going to mention: if you have apple trees or any of your fruit trees. Right now, and a lot of the apples will come out in clusters of like five or seven, like on the branches, on like some of the smaller crab apples. And it's a good time to thin those out, remove them down to um, numbers of two or three in the cluster instead of five or seven, because then you're going to get a lot nicer fruit of the ones that you leave on there. If you leave them all on there, you'll tend to get a lot smaller fruit. So right now is when you want to go through and thin out a lot of your fruit on your apples. And uh, and your fruit, even some of your cherries, if you got tons of little clumps, you can thin them out at this time, and it'll ensure that you get a lot nicer apples. So go out and have a look at your apples. You'll probably have small; they'll be like sort of size of marbles or a little bit bigger by now. Um, so at this time of year is when you want to thin them out and uh, and see what happens at that point, and should help and uh, and let let the the stronger ones take all the good energy after that. And I'm going to take a quick break, and when we return, we'll get back to callers and some text you're listening to. Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Cloudy, dark, and 12 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 10 o'clock. I'm Courtney Davidson. One Calgary firefighter is recovering and luckily only suffered minor injuries after getting dragged by a stolen vehicle Saturday afternoon. He was responding to reports of a collision in the Beddington area around 1230 yesterday. According to officials, the firefighter was leaning through the driver's window when the man put the SUV in gear and quickly drove away. The firefighter was taken to hospital for assessment but was not seriously hurt. Calgary police say the stolen vehicle was followed in the air by hawks. Eventually, officers were able to put the suspect into custody outside of the city. Charges are pending. 
Only tears of joy left for a family now that their daughter has been found. A 13-year-old Edmonton girl went missing on June 24th before being found in Oregon Saturday morning. Her father says in a Facebook post, he is overjoyed saying, my heart is full of happiness and love. We will forever be grateful to all of you. Edmonton Police Service Inspector Brent Dahlside says a 41-year-old Oregon man is in custody and is facing a charge of child luring, though numerous other charges are pending. It's a unique investigation in that we don't have very many times like this where we are going across international borders. It's unique enough to go province to province, but to facilitate something like this in the United States through our partners there is something that is unique and it took a lot of coordinated effort. He says the girl and this man had contact on social media before she went missing, but the extent of that is still being investigated. New York lawmakers are fighting back after the U.S. Supreme Court struck down their law restricting people from carrying concealed weapons in public. Global's Jennifer Johnson reports. New York's governor declared the high court was not in control of her state, and the state legislature acted quickly to create new gun control laws. In what was called an extraordinary legislative session Friday, lawmakers took swift action, now requiring private businesses that allow concealed guns to post that publicly so everyone using that business knows. And new background checks just got a lot harder. It comes as gun violence in New York City has skyrocketed this year. Its mayor says the court's decision just made his city a lot less safe. Jennifer Johnson, Global News, Washington. Rescue workers are on the scene of a deadly bus crash in Pakistan. Reporter Lama Hassan has details. A bus carrying 35 passengers slid off a mountain road in southwest Pakistan, falling some 200 feet into a ravine, killing at least 19 people and injuring 12 others. Rescuers are searching for survivors, and officials believe the region's wet weather is to blame. Last month, 22 people were killed in a similar accident when a bus fell into a ravine in northwestern Pakistan. A large chunk of a glacier in Italy's Alps has broken loose and killed at least five hikers while injuring eight others. Italian state television reported that the fatalities numbered six, but that death toll couldn't immediately be confirmed. It wasn't immediately known how many hikers might be missing. The National Alpine and Cave Rescue Corps tweeted that the search of the involved area involved at least five helicopters and rescue dogs today. Taking a look at sports, a sad day for the Toronto Blue Jays. First base coach Mark Budzinski is taking a leave of absence following the death of his daughter. The team announced Julia's passing this morning. The Jays are looking to win the rubber match of their rare five-game series against the Tampa Bay Rays today in Toronto after losing both games of a doubleheader yesterday. Global News, SkyTracker weather, light rain today looking to hit 15, then periods of rain overnight getting down to 11. A 40% chance of showers with the risk of a afternoon thunderstorm for Monday, 15. The skies do clear on Tuesday as we get up to 21, then 23 on Wednesday with a mix of sun and clouds. And for sneak a peek Thursday, expect afternoon thunderstorms as we hope to reach 25. It's 12 degrees at 10.05. Breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled update is at 10.30. I'm Courtney Davidson.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and we're going to go to the phone line. I, I like this one from Scott. You did get a text. Hi, Merle. I have a couple of spots in the lawn where mushrooms are growing. Tried to dig them out, but they keep coming back. Help. Um, from Scott. It, unfortunately, right now is mushroom season, and and uh, when, the, when the spores are in there and when we get those um, rains, what it does, it activates the spores, and they just all of a sudden show up overnight. So you do have to be diligent when we get through these June rains. The mushrooms should subside by that time. Um, but if you happen to run over one or two of them with the lawnmower, that spreads the spores out. Um, so try to get out, pick them as best you can um, in between. And the cycle should be over here um, the next uh, couple of weeks, I think, at the very most. But it only seems to last a short amount of time. So you should be good to go. Going to go to Leslie. Good morning, Leslie. Hi, Merle. Um, I was wondering, I have a, a rose bush. It's one of the um, explorers, you know, out of Morden. Yeah. And yep. it's a pinkish one. But um, what's, what my problem is, I'm getting a very thin of very bright orange on the leaves. Okay. And I don't um, know what it is. Okay. Is it like in, in spots or is it like... In spots. Or, yeah. It is it is a... It's just called a leaf spot. It's a type of fungus. And we get it on wetter years like this, that we've had like lots of rain, or if your irrigation is hitting the leaves or if you water from over top. Uh-huh. Um, so just try to get less water on. You can just pick some of those off, and you can treat that with um, pure spray green or the Bordeaux, the copper oh, spray. Okay, I've got the pure spray, um, spray green, and I have been picking them off. You yeah, know? and then just give it a treatment. It started, and it's so. just, yeah, it's just, the funguses are hard to control, especially when we get all the sporadic rain that we get, okay. because you're dealing with spores, and when the rain hits these spores, it activates those funguses. So it's kind of, it's 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 quite sad to sometimes, like, I've seen a tree that has fire blight, and you really don't see it, and then all of a sudden the rain hits it, mm-hmm. and then the next day the tree is totally wilted over. Like you think, what oh. happened? And it's that's how fast that some of these. So that's why it's important to keep our trees and shrubs, and especially if you have some of the ones that are more susceptible to fire blight, that we work on keeping those under control okay. because it, they they do spread quite easy, and it's kind of like the the silent killer because you don't really see the spores until the water activates them. It sort of, and then all of a sudden you start oh. seeing everything explode. So okay. Um, I just have another brief question. I've got a sure. beautiful birch, which I used, you know, your age plus and everything. But there's a there's a branch coming off about uh, about six feet from the earth up, and it's right across. You know, it's perpendicular. And I was wondering, can I, can you, can that branch be cut now, or do I have to wait yeah. until? No, right now you you want to do it when they're fully leafed out. Okay. Oh, good. Okay, we'll do. Yeah. No, le- um, birch and maple is when you want to. Uh, that's when they in the summertime is when they need to be fully leafed out to do the pruning properly. And what about hawthorn? Can they be? Um... Yeah, they can be pruned right now as well. Yeah. Okay. 
Thank you very much for your information. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And we got time. We're going to go to Sue. Good morning, Sue. Hello, Sue. Hello. How are you, Merle? I'm doing good. How can I help you? Well, I've got new ants in my mulch. Oh, nice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, We did have... Um, well, we have a couple of solutions. We we talked about the ant out, the diatomaceous earth in there. Um, yeah. They do love bark mulch because it's kind of a dry, sort of nice little home for them. It heats up nicely. <laughs> they kind of like that. Um, and I have so, lots. Yeah, no, and I, I had I've had them in my mulch at a past house as well. Um, so diatomaceous earth works quite well. Um, you can try just keeping those areas a little wetter. They don't like that. Like you can soak them in, um, okay. or the ant hotel. If you get some of those nursery pots, um, okay. an old tree pot, and fill them with soil, and you put them above the ant hill, and the the ants will go into the pot, and then you can just move the whole pot away. Oh my gosh! Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's we had a couple. We had a, a gentleman calls in. He he told us about this years ago, and I've had quite a few people try it. That works quite well, and it's just called the ant hotel. And uh, and so you can get rid of them that way. Wonderful. And yeah, and that sort of like I said, we have a couple of the sprays like the the antote and a couple other ones of the aerosol sprays that work pretty good. So it's just uh, you have to be a little bit diligent. And they're kind of in their prime right now. Like when the when the summer starts heating up, this is sort of when the ants start expanding like crazy. It's their time to to get okay. out and get to work. So they look real happy, Merle. Yeah, no, they're doing their thing, right? <laughs> so yep. it's okay. All righty. That's a big help. Right. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Thanks, Sue. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Um. All right. Yeah. It. And it, it, like you said, sometimes if ants can just be left alone, I think they'll they'll be fine. But if, if they happen to go in some of the wrong areas, they're definitely a nuisance, and they can they can get in everywhere. So I have them in an old stump down at uh, Spruce, we have a kind of a little campground area. And uh, I went over with the lawnmower and I just all of a sudden that woke them up when I went over top of the, of the old stump there. And also there's like about 5,000 ants now. So anyway, so kind of stirred them up. So they'll, now that I'm mowing more often, they'll probably decide to move out of, out of the way. So we'll see what happens there. And I'm going to go to Lynn. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning. I'm calling because I have some honeyberry bushes, Haska, I guess, and when I bought them, it said they had sweet berries, but they are so bitter, I don't even think the birds will eat them. I'm wondering, the plant, they look great, they're like four feet high, um, and they're bearing fruit the last two or three years, but I'm wondering if I should be doing something to make them sweeter, like the ground or the soil? Um, you can just like the proper fertilizer, like a thirty ten ten, that will help a little bit. Um, sweeten up. It's when you harvest them as well. Harvest them when it's cool in the mornings. Um, okay. makes a big difference. Um, because the 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 fruit is more full of sugar. If you're picking them at the end of the day or the heat of the day, a lot of the sugar is drained out of them, and and they're definitely not as sweet. So if you okay. get up nice Should and early, like uh, they. Uh when I bought them, it said they were very sweet berries, so I'm shocked that yeah, or they bitter. might not be totally ripe yet as well. Okay. 
so Good. you might right. be a little bit early. Um, just like a peach or something, you know, when you first get a peach, sometimes you get them and they're nice, and, uh, and they're, but they're kind of just, uh, but you wait a few more days when they ripen up and all of a sudden they're nice and juicy and sweet. Something okay. that just takes a little bit of time to, so just maybe try a few more in a few more days, let them ripen up hopefully a little bit and that should be better. All right. Thank you very much. All righty. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. And where are we at for time? I can go for one more. We're going to go to Bill. Good morning, Bill. Hello? Hi, Bill. How can I help you? Hey, Merle. I got a apple tree and a cedar tree, and they're both kind of growing into each other. Is, okay. Uh, what, what should be done about that or anything? Well, I would probably try to prune some of the apple out of the cedar. Yeah. Um, you can you can try and trim up and shape the cedar a little bit, but typically I think the apple is probably more of the culprit growing into each other. Yeah, and they're really close together. I, I didn't think this cedar tree was going to make it, <laughs> but it's yeah. doing well. Yeah, it's um, so if it's doing well, like I said without. And sometimes apples are fairly easy to prune. You can get them if you look at where you're pruning the branch. You can sort of see what direction one of the branches is going to point like where wow. the little leaves are so if you cut in front of that you can kind of point a, a leaf to go the opposite direction of where you want it to go oh yeah 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 it's just that or, uh, they're only uh, like the they're only about four feet apart and like yeah the, the apple tree is starting to to get really well they're starting to intermingle with their branches yeah so yeah, and you could just confine that apple to the stop at, at the edge of the cedar. Um, apple trees don't mind being pruned like that. Like I have an espalier in my backyard where I got them crawling along copper pipes. Yeah. And I kind of just keep the branches really short. Um, and you'll see that up in orchards, they'll prune them horizontally to keep them so it's easier to pick the fruit and stuff like that. So well, that's they don't I'm, mind being I'm trained right. a little bit. So. Uh. Can I, can I uh, like trim the top branches off? Because they're you know starting to sprout. I mean the the, the thing really yeah. sprouts here. So if I can flatten the top of that, that's okay. Yeah, they don't mind apples. Just be careful. Like they said, you can't glue them back on, right? So no, no. Uh, so just really step back before you make each your cut, or or call uh, call an arborist in. Like if you call guys like Gus, get Mark in there. His, one of his guys will shape it up really nice for you. Can that be done now? Yeah, right now is a perfect time, actually. Okay. All right. Well, uh, not yeah, just be oh. careful. Like I said, when you, if you are doing it yourself, just remember you can't glue them yeah. back on. So no, just, no. Uh, I've been keeping. Uh, <laughs> I've, been, I've been keeping it small. It's on purpose. Yeah. And I, I get a decent crop of apples. I mean, uh, you know, you, I don't want the tree to become really, really huge. Yeah, no, and apples can be done. Like you said, you see all the orchards when you go through BC. They've yeah. all been pruned at the top to grow a little bit more horizontally. Um, makes it easier for harvesting and things like that. So totally fine. But I can I can trim it now then, right? Yeah, right now is perfect. Okay. Well, let's be my project here for next weekend. <laughs> all right. Okay, thanks. Have a good one. Thanks, Bill. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, and I'm going to take a break. If you'd like to join me after the break, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are open, 403-819, or no, 403-974-8255. I've had to give my phone number out lately. Um, I was just, when I was booking the party, so I said my cell number a bunch of times, but uh, I almost said it again there. Um, so 403-974-8255 is the phone line. If you'd like to join us. I like this one. It says, uh, Happy long weekend, uh, U.S. and Canada flags. And uh, rhubarb leaves use water around the base and a bit up the tree. Keeps worms from hatching in the ground and crawling up the tree. I've used it for years, all the trees and plants. It's a natural insecticide. You can sell more rhubarb. Makes good, takes work. So you sh- so shouldn't hurt the sale of your product. So yeah, so planting... Uh, rhubarb around uh, some of your trees will help prevent that um yeah give that a try and uh see if that helps you never know let's go to the phone line we're going to go to matt good morning matt good morning when should i trim my cotone asters is it um are they just are they nice and healthy you're just trimming them up to keep them shaped up or yeah just just to keep them shaped. Yeah, they're healthy. Yeah, right now, actually, it's better to do it like when they're nice, when the when the new growth just comes out, just right. keep it nice and, and right. Uh, yeah, right now is perfect time. Yeah. And sort of go, like a lot of people go, and it's hard to do it, but try to get it a little bit narrower at the top and wider at the bottom. Okay. So a lot of times okay. when you trim them, it's natural to go the opposite way. Okay. But if you if you're able to get a little thinner at the top and wider at the bottom, it'll stay fuller because the sun hits the whole thing. Oh, the other right. way, sometimes the bottom gets shaded out on you. So. And what fertilizers should I use now on them? On those ones, just your good twenty 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 is perfect. Oh, okay, that's what I've been using. And yep. uh, t- uh, tomato fertilizer. What should I use? <clears throat> Um, a lot of the tomato fertilizers, like I like the Evolve one or the fifteen thirty fifteen. Um, you can use the twenty twenty twenty, but if you're growing the bigger tomatoes, um, like the beef steaks or some of the Romas and some of the larger ones, no, you want to no, ensure no, that. Those. Yeah. Okay, then you don't have to worry about the calcium. It's uh, I don't grow them either. I only grow the little, uh, the smaller t- um, sugar, um, yeah. the sweeter yellow ones and things right. like that. Um, if you grow the large ones, you need to add the calcium supplement and that stops the end rot. But guys, I guess we don't have to worry about it. What about, what about rhubarb fertilizer? Again, big leaves, lots of nitrogen. They like the, even the 30, 10, 20, 30, 10, 10, um, 20, 20, 20. They, they're heavy feeders up top. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks very much. You're very welcome. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. All right. Where were we at? 1024, lots of time. We're going to go to Maria. Good morning, Maria. Good day. How, how nice of you to give out your personal cell phone number almost. <laughs> yeah, I just got to, I, I got the la- the first three numbers out. I just got to make sure I don't save the last four. <laughs> uh, yeah, I have this uh, really beautiful perennial garden. I've got a good variety of things in it. I sent pictures in and the problem is the green ash tree is a massive shade and so the pictures show 
the beautiful purple irises flopping over. A hollyhock end up flopping over, but they haven't really gotten to the blossoming stage yet. The purple sage is creeping across what was the sidewalk is now just gravel. And I'm wondering just what to do because there's not a lot of direct sunlight. I have just left it so far to see how... I'm just trying to... um find your text and you, you said you sent in with some pictures yeah what, what are the last two digits of your zero phone two. number zero two dun, 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 dun. just seeing if i can find it are those the last two digits of your phone number <laughs> no <laughs> um no um i don't see the text in yet for some reason so hopefully I'm not sure if I have a delay of any kind, but I just did a reboot here. So I'll see if I can get it up to date. So you're, you're saying the flowers are just flopping over? They do eventually. Everything does because they're just reaching for the sun. Okay. So I've got an irises. They bloom and fade away. Purple sage, uh, a, a lighter purple Russian sage. Hollyhock has creeped its way across out of the shade into the sun. And there's this white plant that I didn't plant that my neighbor says is something people put in their garden, but it can be fairly aggressive. What do you think where you've got perennials? That's a geranium. That's the crane-billed geranium. It's a, a, yeah, the white one. It's And they're very invasive. So like when you say it creeped in, that's what they do. They're very invasive. So, so better yank it. Yeah. 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 Beautiful dark irises. Those are great. I see your hollyhocks are going. Um, yeah, you have lots of great stuff in there. It just it just want to ensure that you want to get the timing. So you might even want to look at adding some echinacea or some of the cone flowers to get that summer going into fall color. Because a lot of the stuff you have going is early spring and some early summer blooming, and then a lot of it will be done. So it's nice to add some um, color later on in the season. So what should I uh, chop back? Well, let's see here. Let me just see if I can get a little better picture of it. Um, again, I'd, I'd, I'd remove that geranium. And sometimes it, you get to the point where your perennial beds need to be just like early spring or late fall is pull, kind of pull a bunch of it out, split up the irises, make everything a little bit smaller or first thing in the spring with everything starts coming and kind of replant it. Cause sometimes they just get, they take over, right. And they've kind of, so I would, I would add, I would sort of move some stuff around and move the irises to the back a little bit. And I would get ones that bloom more throughout the summer in the front and like peonies, irises things that they're beautiful but i always put them in my second tier like right behind the stuff that'll bloom all summer um because once they're done they're kind of they don't look the best you know like the irises yeah Yeah. so so you might just need to maybe it's just time to rejuvenate the bed because you have a you have a nice mock orange i see in the back um is that blooming usually still mock orange where do you see yeah the big shrub um, I, looks, what I have is a fire bush. What it's okay. got the 
long leaves that. that are coming off the branch, one leaf off the branch exactly opposite another leaf off the branch. Yeah, okay. In, okay, in this picture it looks like a, it looks like a mock orange. Do you see but, the uh, black planter pot in front of it? No. Oh, that's by the ash tree. But uh no, I don't. I can't I can't make that out on this picture. But anyways, I would just I think it's just time to rejuvenate and clean up the bed a bit. Maybe just you need to pull out and just kind of redo some of it and replant. Um, what about, what about right now the, when the when the ground no, is really No, I would soft. I would wait till fall, yeah. Okay. Yeah, or early spring. But I would dig out the geraniums and things like that now and just do a clean up. And 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 the irises you could do after they're done blooming, you could move them, so. Okay. All righty. Okay. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right. And I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Cloudy and 12 degrees in downtown Calgary. Good morning from Global News. It's 1030. I'm Courtney Davidson. One man is in custody with charges pending after a Calgary firefighter was dragged by a stolen vehicle Saturday afternoon. It happened in the Beddington area while fire crews responded to a vehicle incident. Luckily, the firefighter suffered only minor injuries when the accused tried to flee the scene. A 13-year-old Edmonton girl missing since June 24th has been found in Oregon as a 41-year-old man from that state is facing a charge of child luring. Alberta Premier Jason Kenney has indicated his United Conservative government will reveal details next week about additional support to help people deal with high inflation. He did so on Your Province, Your Premier yesterday here on 770 CHQR, but he did not elaborate on what the measures might be. In the forecast, light rain today getting up to 15, periods of rain overnight down to 11, then a chance of showers with the risk of a thunderstorm for Monday and 15. It's 12 degrees, breaking news when it happens. Our next scheduled news is at 11. I'm Courtney Davidson. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's year-round full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. Going to go to Kathy. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. Hey, how can I help you? Oh, I I planted a columnar poplar tree, and it was okay. beautiful. And then last year, it started sending out shoots all over my lawn. Okay. So I had it taken out, and you know the stump ground down some, so it's ground is level. Well, I yep. still have I have shoots all over my front lawn this year, and in the back lawn backyard, my neighbor has three against their fence, and they're sending up shoots all over in my backyard. And I'm wondering what I can do to get rid of these shoots. Is there something you can put on them? Well, you can use Killax. Um, you just got to be careful not to use too much. It, it could kill the tree. For the one in the front where you've taken the trees out, uh-huh. um, if you just use the Killax, um, and just mowing them out will work. But on the one with the neighbors, you're going to get, it's going to continue to come up. So, um, when you say use Killax, you mean spray where the stump was? Yeah. Or do I spray yeah. each leaf Only on, on the, the tree? Only in the lawn. Yeah, in the lawn, yes. Okay, yep. 
But on your neighbor's ones, I probably wouldn't do that in the back because um, there's a chance it could kill the tree. It could go back into it. Okay. Um, it's just a matter of mowing it. Um, it's a tough one. You could try doing a root pruning where you kind of dig a trench right along the fence line and cut all the roots that come into your yard and uh, like sort of dig down six, eight inches in a straight line like a trench all the way across where the trees are. Yeah. And just cut all the roots, and that will stop them from coming into your yard. Okay, okay. So just the, the front yard, just spray Kilix on all the all the. Yeah, yeah, just like you would dandelions. Shoots that I have that. coming up. Yeah. Okay, thank you. I appreciate that. You have yeah, a great day. And Thanks. Bye bye. You now. too. Thank you. Bye bye. All right, and that was that was. Uh, I'm going to go to Kathy. Good morning, Kathy. Oh, just had Kathy. Going to go to Ava. Good morning, Ava. Good morning. I have a problem with my tomatoes. They're flowering, and then the flowers die, and I don't have any uh, tomatoes no on tomatoes. it at all. And, and lots, they're lots outside? of flowers. Are they outside? Yes, in a pot. Lots of sun? Yes. Okay. They should be doing... Sounds like, typically, if they're doing that, they're getting too wet. Um... Um, typically, if they're if the buds are falling off, um, is the plant looks nice and healthy? Oh yeah, it and it's tall. It's, it just it reaches way over my waist. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. And you're in the okay? Huh? I don't know why the buds are falling off unless it's a bit inconsistent. Is it a good sized pot? Yes, it's about okay. fifteen, and in and then it's about okay. about fifteen, fifteen. It's huge. Okay. Buds. Okay, good. No, that's um, sounds like you're doing everything. It's just sometimes inconsistent watering. That's why I said it sounds like it's maybe too wet. I fertilize it every week in 2020, and like yeah, I said, and that's fine. So Weekly fertilize is is great, and you're you're getting lots of blooms. Just know oh, that lots. the buds fall off. Oh, they, I've never seen a tomato plant bloom so much as <laughs> this one, but and they just dry up, and then it keeps on blooming. I guess it's not producing, so it keeps on blooming. Huh. Let me uh, think about that. I'll try and answer this. I'll look into it a bit more. But typically, it's just inconsistent watering when that happens. Um, um, when Is they it fall direct off. sun? Is too much? No, no. They love the sun. Yeah, okay. they. Yeah, they they love it like that sort of. So that's why I was asking because um, they you you you, you kind of sounds like you have the perfect recipe. So. <laughs> I probably have because it's, it's sort of like underneath my tree. It, well, well, a little ways underneath my tree, unless my tree is shading yeah. it. At unless all. it's like if it's right in super hot, like up against a building, mm-hmm. that could happen. Or, or if it's too cold. But um, and we have had a little bit of that. But and but we haven't had tons of heat yet. Like we haven't had the like twenty five or thirty degrees or anything yet. So. I don't think because there's one thing that's called uh, flower, and they what do they call? It? It's called blossom drop in tomatoes, and the primary reason it occurs is when temperatures are either too hot or too cold. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't sound like you're having that issue because it doesn't. We we haven't had that uh, that issue yet. So because I have it between the garage and the house, and it's really hot in there. It's nice and warm. It's you know. Okay. 
Yeah, so just ensure that you do consistent watering. So try to water every morning mm -hmm. or every other morning whenever it's dry. Don't let it get really wet, then really dry, really wet. Just inconsistent. If you try and keep it consistent, that helps. Okay. Alrighty. Okay, thank you. All right, good luck. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, no, and it sounds like Ava's done everything else really well with that. So I am struggling to figure out what is going on with her uh, her, uh, her tomato. Unless it is the too hot, she says it's in this spot. So you might want to shade it up a little bit, Ava, and see. But like I said, we haven't been um, suffering from too much heat this summer yet. So I don't think that is the problem. And right now, actually, I'm going to take a quick break. And when I get back, I'll do a couple texts and we'll do some phone calls. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I just got to clarify with the rhubarb leaves. Um, what we're supposed to do is boil the rhubarb leaves and then use the water around the base of the tree. It keeps worms from hatching in the ground and crawling up the tree. Um, Karen has used it for years on all her trees and plants. It's a natural insecticide. Um, so boil the rhubarb leaves and then use the water to uh, in and around your garden to uh, prevent uh, some of these worms and stuff. So, hey, let's give that a try. See if that works. And rhubarb is always good. You can make some nice pie and then use the leaves as an insecticide. <laughs> See, who knows? All right. Let's go to Terry. Good morning, Terry. Hello. Hi, Terry. How can I help you? Oh, hey. Love your show, by the way. But uh, thank, thank you. Planting some grass sort of in, in the east side of the house, a bit shady. But how yep. deep should the grass seed be in the in the loam? It doesn't really need to be deep at all. Just on top, and I like to rake it in. So what I usually do is, like, I prepare my area, roll it out, um, throw your grass seed on top, and then just run the rake over top of it a couple times, and then and then that's usually good. Just even it out nicely, and do that a couple times so you get good even coverage, and okay. then just water it really well, and you're good to go. Keep it wet Sounds for like two or three weeks, and should it be a shaded grass seed or no? Yeah, definitely. If you if you're getting some shade, um, definitely I would go to one of the shadier varieties. Okay, perfect. I'm sure and you, you guys. And you can use have our it. lawn fertilizer as well. It helps with germination. Okay, perfect. Thank you very All much. All right. Thanks, Terry. Yeah. Bye bye. Take care. Bye bye. Yeah, actually, uh, we were uh, we were went out for lunch and. Uh, I was with the landscape team and uh, they just finished a really hard project. And so we hit a, a wing day for lunch and had some wings. Uh, and uh, there was a gentleman in there. I just want to say, hi, I, I can't remember your name, but he was saying that he listens to the show all the time in a tractor just up uh, in central Alberta. So, Hey, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. And uh, he stopped to say hi to, to myself and the team. So it was, it was nice. He seen the, Everyone had their shirts on, so figured out we were from Spruce It Up, I guess. It's pretty obvious. So, anyway, it's going to go to Rose. Good morning, Rose. Good morning, Merle. Hi, oh, how can I help I you? I have a, a very old fir tree that the arborist says has uh, fungus. 
there's a, a kind of a line of dead branches starting from the ground going up to a, oh, a fair height already. Quite a few branches have turned totally brown. Mm-hmm. It could be needle cast. Can you can you save this tree? Can can a person save it? Um, it, at some point you can. Like if it's not too badly through it, um, it needs to be pruned out. A lot of that needle cast needs to get pruned out. Okay, um, uh, but it we'll is do a that. Fungus. Yeah, it's a huge tree. There's a lot of green, but like I say, there's a, a, I see a few spots of the brown, and then kind of one line where it's starting to get, you know, that way. Yeah. And it and it's it, and I would just make sure it is the needle cast that you have. I know there's a couple guys out there saying and they're wanting to cut all the trees down. Oh no! And, you have yeah, to cut so them down for that. If if they get it really bad, yes. But well, it isn't too bad yet. So this is why I'm. I, uh, you know, the, the arborist. I haven't talked to him. He says uh, it's it's a fungus, and I, I thought, well, I'm going to call Marone see what he thinks. Yeah, it is. And it, it could be needle cast. It could be something without seeing it. Um, you maybe just want to on some of that. If you're not 100 percent sure, um, you can always get a second opinion. Um, you can give Mark a call from Prune It Up. He could have a look at it for you as well and let you know what it is. So. Uh, so so what what would you do to to save it? What what could you do? Well, it besides needs to get pruned that, out. It's it out. Yeah, that, and that's really all you can do. It can be treated, but really, it needs to get pruned out. It depends on the severity of it as well. So, it's uh, without seeing it, um, hard to well, say. Well, what. you see, I'm way out in the country. I wouldn't have anyone come out uh, other than yeah. a fellow from Lethbridge. Yeah, like I said, if you could, um, if you want to send a picture in next week, unless you could do it quickly today, you could text in a picture. I could have a quick look at it. But if it's if it's needle cast, it probably it depends how bad it is through it. But chances are you have to remove it, like as well, like just prune it out. You can't treat it with a fungicide. No, not those ones. No. No. Okay, that's your answer. Prune it out, and that's it. Yeah, like I said, it depends on how severe it is. If it's really severe, you might need to remove the tree. It isn't severe, and it's a huge tree. It would okay, cost then you should me be okay. a lot of money to cut it down. Yeah, you should be okay. Okay. All right. Thanks. Thank you so bye much, bye. Merle. Thanks. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. And where am I at? I got a couple texts. Oh, uh, here we go. Had to hang up. The answers to the mushroom and fairy rings is tenactin, a foot spray. Takes about two days. They turn black and don't come back. Well, there you go. So I, it kind of makes sense that tenactin's probably a fungicide um, on your foot. So uh, you can always give that a try. Maybe we'll have to start selling tenactin at the, at the garden star. But yeah, give it a try. Spray that on your mushroom or or fairy ring. That's interesting. Um, see if that works. All right. There we go. Let's go to the phone lines. We go to Diane. Good morning, Diane. Good morning. How are you today? Good, good. How can I help you? Uh, my neighbor has a tendency to overwater all of her plants. Like, she kills them with kindness. She, yep. uh, 25 seconds the other day, she poured water into one plant. So just wondered if you could address why you don't want to overwater your plant. Well, you end up drowning it. And it's exactly. good to water good like that 
if you've let it dry out in between waterings. But if you're doing that every day and they never get a chance to dry out, right, it really it suffocates day. the yeah. So it suffocates the roots, right, and they just can't grow, right. So exactly. I, but I do agree with watering that way. Like if you've let them dry out in between waterings, a good thorough watering, get the water to come out the bottom, mm-hmm. is perfect. But then let it dry out in between, exactly, and then you're good to go. Not every but, day. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not good for it. And if if we're in the plus thirties, and and midsummer, you you probably have to water every day like that. Um, but right, not now, right now, typically not. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, you just don't want to. You just don't want to drown it because what it does is this causes root rot. Exactly, and it suffocates yeah. your plants. So I was hoping she might be listening to the show. <laughs> there you go. And can you just explain the ant house again? I'm in so Lake Bonavista, and the if, whole if area. Ants. Yeah, if you get an old nursery pot like those black nursery pots uh-huh. that uh, the trees come in, yes. just fill them with soil like with loam, mm-hmm. and you cover the top, and then you put them out right near your ant hill, mm-hmm. and then the ants will migrate up into the into the larger pot because it's nice and warm, right? It, oh, it's okay. A great, it's like a nice spot to live. Right. It's a so, and then they move into there. And uh, and then you can just carry the pot off wherever you want, and the ant hills moved out of the ground into the into the pot. Oh, excellent! Wonderful. Give that a whirl, and then just put it in a black plastic bag and put it in the garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. or yeah, take it somewhere and just dump it somewhere in a field or somewhere else. Or a neighbor or that you don't like. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, drop it off on the front step. That's no, there right. you go. All <laughs> okay, right. thanks very much. Take care. Bye bye. All right. Um, if you'd like to join me after the break, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255. And I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and... I'm going to go to the phone line. We're going to go to John. Good morning, John. Well, good morning down there. Hey, how are you? Uh, well, as I say, I, I woke up this morning. I was still breathing, so. <laughs> I that's, guess the, I'm okay. that's the first battle of the day, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I have bugs or flies and all that on my uh, beautiful potato. Tops. Any uh, idea? Um, just those, just those like leaf hoppers. Uh, well, it's hard to see. You go in there and uh, swish them around. They fly away and a lot of stuff like that. So, yeah, you can use um, just the pure spray green, John. Oh, I have that. Thank you for yeah. that. Yeah, give that a try. Oh, okay. And uh, that should help out on that. They're and, really uh, very nice too. So. Oh, good. And you got that shade structure in your yard? Yes, I do. Just wondered yeah. if that would be a, a, a hindrance for a good growing. The only thing you not. have to be careful with that is is it, is it letting enough light through? That would be my only worry on that. Okay. Um, we'll see yeah. uh, what happens, I guess. What, what it, uh, What's the effect if you... Don't get enough light. Do they all go spindly or? Yeah, spindly. You just don't get the same production. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Already? Yeah, everything's yeah. going great there. Yeah, I know it looks good in the Thanks pictures. Thanks to your three-in-one my... mixture. Oh, good. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I just didn't want you to like when I looked at that. Just if it if it, but it's high enough. It looks like it's getting the light at the angle. It probably gets lots of light under there, but oh, you yes. get protection from the heavy rain and stuff, so it's good. Yes. Okay. Perfect. All right. Take care, John. You too. Nice thanks, to hear Mo. from you. Yep. Thanks, man. Bye bye. And I'm gonna go to Stan. Good morning, Stan. Hey, Merle. How you doing? Good. Yourself? Oh, keeping out of trouble for sure. Oh, that's yeah. good. I have a, a streptocarpus belonged to my late father-in-law, and okay. we're down to one leaf that was half decent, and so I've restarted it and another little piece, and uh, I want to find out from you what medium we should be planting that in, because uh, we've had it in fairly rich soil, I think, and that was a detriment. Yeah, it's too. They they really like just a good potting soil, like just yeah. the soilless mix with no like with no real soil in it. Uh-huh. Like just our like our good tropical plant mix. Um, our all purpose is great. Um, something that just it's really quite a light soil is what you want. Okay. And, well, and I guess we'll try. And then in your house, up in the windows there, um, that should uh, it should do really quite well. Well, uh, um, the, the seedlings that I got now have uh, they've grown about two and a half, two inches, two and a half inches in, in about the last two weeks. So they're okay, ready perfect. to be potted. Yeah, wow. yeah. So if you just get, like I said, a good, good quality um, tropical plant soil would be the best because you want something nice and light. Oh, you wouldn't because where those things grow out there, would you? Yeah, we have lots of it. Yeah, because um, where those are growing, Stan, like they come in from Madagascar and in the jungles, it's all that really light, light soil. Uh, that yeah. they, they don't get that nice black loam that we get here in Alberta, no. right? No, no. So, well, all right. Well, great, great to hear from you. Likewise. And uh, and uh, how is all your orchids? Everything else doing well? Well, the orchids are. I've cut uh, way back because we do a little traveling and and. Uh, yeah, they're still. I got four, so four or five of them still blooming away. Awesome. And, uh, yeah. All right. Anyways, well, thanks, Dan. Great we'll to hear be from out, you. Out to see you one of these days. Okay. Look forward to it. Bye. Thanks, Dan. Bye bye. Take care. And uh, I got the pleasure. We did some landscaping for Stan over the years, and uh, and he. I went and sat and had coffee with him and his wife, and they have. Uh, some of the best plants, and he has these windows that face west and and south, and just beautiful. Um, um, his orchids and and the plants that he had going in his house. So uh, I enjoyed sitting with them and uh, chatting about plants. And uh, and Stan has lots of uh, lots of traveling stories to tell. So, anyways, enough of that. Thanks again for listening today, everybody, and thanks for joining in. Lots of great calls and. Uh, Hopefully we get some heat this week, and but right now don't forget to deadhead water, fertilize your plants this week, and uh, and away we go. And until next week, we'll get our garden on right here on seven seventy CHQR.